Today on Daily Hope with Pastor Rick Warren, we continue in our riveting journey through the series, The Invisible War. In it, we'll explore the unseen world of good and evil and see how it impacts our day-to-day existence. Join us for eye-opening biblical insights into the spiritual dimensions that influence our lives in ways we never imagined. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Winning the Battle Inside Me. Second preliminary step to ending the battle going on inside of you and winning the battle, I must detect and disarm the lie I'm believing. I must detect and disarm the lie that I'm believing. You need to understand that the number one way Satan messes up your life is by suggesting lies to you or to get you to lie to yourself. And that's the way, number one way you mess up your own life is lying to yourself. Every time you expose and challenge a lie that you've listened to in your mind, you're gonna be further set free. Every time you sin, you might write this down. In fact, look, look at this verse. Uh, the Bible says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, he's saying there that sin causes us to deceive ourselves and deception causes us to sin. Now, we all tell ourselves lies all the time, all the time. In fact, one of the big lies that you tell yourself is this one. It's not really a problem. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not really a problem. My finances, they're not really a problem. Our sex life, it's not really a problem. My kids, it's not really a problem. My work, not really. My temper, my foul mouth, my thought life, my little secret habit over here in the corner, it's not really a problem. Who are you kidding? The Bible says if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the the truth is not in us. So let me just ask you this real blunt question as somebody who loves you. What are you pretending isn't a problem in your life? What are you pretending not to know? What are you pretending isn't a problem in your marriage? Isn't a problem in your personality? And you don't want to admit it. The Bible tells us that if I'm going to win this battle, I have to stop lying to myself and I've got to stop listening to Satan's lies. Now I want you to write down a couple important things. We'll go into these in deeper detail in the following weeks. Behind every self-defeating act is a lie I have believed. Behind every self-defeating act is a lie that I have believed. Either I lied to myself or... um, or I let Satan lie to me. You see, we have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves and to convince ourselves of things that aren't true. Look at this verse up here on the screen. Jeremiah 17, nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? What does it mean the heart is deceitful? We have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves. The biggest liar you know is you. 
And the person you lie to the most is yourself. The person I lie to the most is myself. I tell myself things are right when they're not right. I tell myself things are okay when they're not okay. I often tell myself things are not okay when they are okay. And, and you do this all the time. And we rationalize and we minimize and we make excuses and we tolerate things in our lives. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. And, I, and, and if you're going to get free and if you're going to have victory in this, Number two, write this down. To stop defeating myself, I must stop deceiving myself. To stop defeating myself, all those self-defeating things in my life that I don't like about me, that I'd like to change. To stop defeating myself, I have to stop deceiving myself. I must become a person of the truth. I stop denying, I stop rationalizing, I stop minimizing, I stop excusing, I stop tolerating. Again, let me ask a very blunt question. What self-destructive behavior in your life are you putting up with? And you know it's bad for you. And you know it's gonna cut years off your life. And you know it's gonna hurt you in the long run. And you know it may destroy a relationship, but you justify it. What is the truth you need to admit? This is the second step to winning the battle. Jesus said this, next verse. When you know the truth, the truth will what? but first it will make you miserable. <laughs> the truth makes you miserable as long as you deny it. The truth does not free you until you admit it. As long as you deny the truth, it doesn't help you. In fact, it just makes you mad. The truth makes you mad and the truth makes you miserable. It is only when you are humble enough to admit it, yeah, this is really what I am. And yeah, this is really what I do. And yeah, this is really a compulsion, an addiction, a habit, a problem in my marriage, in my life, or whatever. When you admit the truth, then it sets you free. It doesn't set you free until you admit it. We'll come back to this in future weeks. I delete or detect and disarm the lie that I'm believing. And he's all, the Bible says Satan is the father of lies. All he can do is lie to you. And it's the only way he can influence you, he can suggest lies. But Jesus said, I am the truth. You gotta decide whether you're gonna listen to God's truth or the world's lies or Satan's lies or your own lies. Number three, the third thing I need to do to get started in overcoming this battle is I must declare my struggle to another. Declare my struggle, what I'm struggling with, with to another. I'm struggling with my mouth. I'm struggling with my mind. I'm struggling with my memory. I'm struggling with my behavior. I'm struggling with my secret addiction. I'm struggling with, and, and you, the Bible says we just share it. Sharing, revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Now, if all you want to do is be forgiven, you just admit it to God. But if you want to change and you want to be healed and you want to be different, God says you're going to have to admit it to one other person. You don't have to admit it to everybody. Just all you need to do is have one person who's going to love you unconditionally, accept it, pray for you. They're going to be a, an accountability partner. They're going to be a, 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 you know, nobody goes into battle fighting a war by themselves. You go with the team. You go with the platoon. You need a battle buddy. You need one person in your life that you're gut level honestly frank with. And you can share that with. 
And if it's not your husband or your wife, then if you're a woman, you need to get another woman to share it with. If you're a guy, you need to get another guy to share it with. You go, look, I just need to tell you, I'm struggling with this. And by doing that, the relief valve is opened and the pressure is off. And the boogeyman isn't as big as you thought he was. Now the Bible claims this, James 5.16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that God can heal you. When a believing person prays, great things happen. Now, he says, confess it not to God. It says, confess to each other and pray for each other, and then you'll be healed. Now, we've talked about this verse dozens and dozens of times here at Saddleback. So I want us to memorize this verse today, just the first part of it. So look up here on the screen. James 5.16. Remember, the hardest part is to remember is the address, where the verse is in the Bible. So you always say the address at the beginning and at the end of the verse, and you memorize a verse by saying it aloud over and over. You don't memorize something by saying it silently. You only memorize it by saying it aloud. So you write it on a card, and then you read it over and over till you get it down. So let's say this together. James 5.16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so God can heal you. And where is that verse found? James 5.16. Now, today our memory verse is what verse? James 5.16. And what does James 5.16 say? Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so God can heal you. James 5.16. I want you to write that down on a card, and I want you to say it every day this week. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so God can heal you. Now, one last verse, and we'll close. Galatians 5.16 says this. Live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Circle that phrase, in the Holy Spirit. Live your, according to your new life in the Holy Spirit, then you won't do what your, new, what your sinful nature craves. Now, the difference between Romans 7, which is a picture of total defeat, and the picture of Romans 8, which is a picture of a man or woman in total victory, is this word, spirit. In Romans 7, the phrase Holy Spirit is never mentioned. Not one. Instead, 41 times we have I, me, my, myself, mine, all these personal pronouns. It's all about me, it's not about the spirit. In Romans chapter eight, the word spirit is mentioned 19 times. And that's the difference, is whether you are going by my spirit or going by the Holy Spirit to empower me. An example. Let's say you and I go down to Laguna this afternoon, and we're walking on the beach, and I see a dead seagull. And the seagull's only been dead less than a minute, still warm. And I pick up this dead seagull. Now, it's still got the same muscles, bones, feathers, wings that it had a minute earlier. But I pick up that dead seagull, and I throw it up into the air, and what happens? It comes right back down. Why? Because the life is gone out of it. It is not the muscle, it is not the bones, it is not the wings, it is not the feathers that makes a seagull fly. It is the life that God puts into it. And when the life, when the spirit 
is out of that bird, it ain't flying. It's still got all the same equipment, but it's not going to fly. You have the equipment to live a successful, victorious life. But you, it's not worth anything if you don't have the spirit powering you to do it. You cannot do it on your own. If there's anything I want you to understand this week as we start this very long series on spiritual warfare and understanding the deeper things of God and getting to know him better is willpower doesn't work. It's like throwing a dead bird in the air. It's got all the equipment, but it can't fly without the spirit of God in it, without the life that God puts in it. And you can go out and have all the best intentions and make all the promises to yourself which you have broken over and over and over because you cannot do it on your own. You cannot be like Christ. You have to let Christ live through you. We'll be talking about that in the days ahead. And what the Spirit does is two things. The Spirit does for me, the Holy Spirit does for me the things I cannot do on my own. I don't have that power. And second, he fulfills in me what God desires to do in my life. Now, resolutions are good. They're a good start, but they'll only get you so far. Then you've got to have spirit power in your life. Let's bow our heads. Now, all of our best intentions are not good enough. The alcoholic who says, I'll never take another drink and the violent person who says, I'll never lose my temper again, and the person, person controlled by porn who says, I, I'm, gonna, I'm never gonna look at it again, is gonna fail. How many promises to yourself have you broken? A lot. The only way to win this battle against the first enemy, the old nature, is to let the Holy Spirit do it. Now you're never gonna get to the victory of chapter eight until you experience the frustration of chapter seven and you finally realize you can't live the Christian life on your own power. So what's your problem? Temper, impatience, self-control, being honest, thought life, pride, laziness, self-centeredness. You know, every one of us have our skeletons in the closet the problem is the skeletons don't stay in the closet. And you want to do the right thing, but you end up doing wrong. And that's frustrating. So you may as well be honest and say, it isn't working. Me trying to flap my wings against gravity is like me trying to live a life that's good on my own power. God has given you a new nature if you've invited Christ into your life. But we are still sinners after we believe and there is that battle between the two dogs. Some of you really feel defeated today. And you say, I feel like giving up and my answer to you is good, give up. Stop trying to do it on your own. You cannot be Jesus Christ. Nobody can be Jesus like Jesus can. And he can live through you if you will let his spirit empower you with new life and it will lift you, lift you up out of the cycle of sin. I want you to pray this prayer right now. Dear God, you know the confusion in my life. 
You know the frustration I feel. You know the guilt and the shame. You know the compulsions and habits and addictions. And you know how many times I've made promises to myself and to you that I haven't kept. Today I realize that I have two natures inside of me and they are at war. I ask you to use this series to help me have victory. Deepen my understanding of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Show me how to let go and how to let your spirit live through me. And this week, help me to challenge the lies that Satan puts in my mind and to challenge the lies that I tell myself, to detect them and to disarm them, to stop deceiving myself. I want to know the truth about me and I want it to set me free. And help me to have the courage to declare my struggle to one other person, a battle buddy, a co-worker, a friend in arms fighting their battle too. And may I be offer unconditional love and receive it. Help me to confess my sins to others and pray for others so that God may heal me. And help me to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. If you've never invited Jesus into your life for the first time, you don't have any resources. You need to say, Jesus Christ, come into my life right now. Live in me. I don't understand it all, but I want to learn to trust you, love you, follow you, and most important, let you live through me by your spirit. I pray this in your name. Amen. Hi, everybody. This is Rick, and I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. You know, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, or you just recommitted your life to Jesus again today, would you let me know about it? There's something real about sharing your commitment. So write me, Rick, at PastorRick.com and say, Rick, I prayed that prayer of commitment. I gave my life to Christ, and I'll send you some material that'll help you on your journey with Jesus, and I'll also pray for you. God bless you. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you how you can support this ministry. Jesus told his disciples that they should live their lives according to five specific purposes. He said, you've got to love God with all your heart, that's worship, and love your neighbor as yourself, that's ministry, that's called the great commandment. And then Jesus said, go make disciples, that's evangelism, baptize them into the family of God, that's fellowship, a sign of fellowship. And then he said, teach them, obey everything I've taught you. That's discipleship. And we call that the Great Commission. We believe at Daily Hope that a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission will produce a great Christian, a great church, a great company, a great community. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's word is filled with hope and truth. And the power that we need to follow him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the word of God changes lives. 
It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, or whether you listen through a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family, and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded. Would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me, pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because you cared. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thank you so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.